scripture that really directs a person's life and we see that throughout the, the scriptures people make good choices and bad choices and because life is really nothing but you know um, I would say you know uh, a journey of choices I think that making good choices as a believer is really key and pivotal so let's go ahead and jump into uh, the bible study if you would grab your bible and let's go to Genesis chapter 4 a lot of things that we can pull out of this. We understand that, you know, Adam and Eve has had these two sons, and it says here that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground as an offering to the Lord. And I want to uh, underscore the fact that Cain is neither a Hebrew, he's neither Jew or Gentile. He is before the flood. This is before the Testament. This is before there were prophets. This is before there were priestly order. This was way before that. Here we have Cain, who is bringing an offering to the Lord. And, you know, he's decided to do this. He has decided it's a private thing between him and God. It's something he has chosen to do. But I think it's important to understand that God is having a relationship with mankind before the Hebrews, before Christianity, before that God is speaking to mankind. I think this is powerful to understand because a lot of times somehow in the Bible we turn things so that we believe that, you know, this conversation between God and man kind of began with Abraham, God saying to Abraham, you know, go to this land that you don't know. But if we're reasonable and we we understand what the scriptures are saying, God has been speaking to man since Adam, and he's continued speaking to man. As a matter of fact, if we can remember the scripture when Abraham, you know, was with his wife and they went into a particular city and he knew his wife was so beautiful that he was fearful that, you know, they would kill him and take his wife her to say that she was his sister, which was sort of true, Um, but he told her to say that, it says that the Lord warned the king in a dream not to touch Sarah. So here again, we have God communicating with mankind. Now you have to understand, Abraham has just gotten the promise, there is no, you know, testament, there's no new testament, there's no ark of the covenant, none of that exists. It's just Abraham and his wife in this country, and God is having a conversation, not just with Abraham, but he's also talking to this king in a dream. I want us to understand that God has been speaking to mankind, and I think sometimes we forget that, um, that God has been speaking and he is speaking. Um, He has been speaking since the beginning of time. And in this scripture, 
came brings, you know, an offering to the Lord. When he came, he was a tiller of the earth, and so he brought fruits or vegetables, I know, something that grew from the ground to the Lord. And, you know, God tells him, you know, hey, you know, this isn't quite what I'm looking for. And it's really interesting that God gives Cain some an, an opportunity. Cain had an opportunity to do what is right. God has always been patient to allow people to do it over again. Even in the Old Testament, if we look here, even with Cain, before there was a covenant, before there was an ark, before there was an Abraham, here he is having a conversation with Cain saying, you know what, this offering isn't quite up to par. You can do that again. He's giving him a second chance. That's what's so powerful about the story about Cain and Abel is that, you know, God says, hey, you can do this again. And God has always been patient to allow people to do it over again. You know, and that is the lie of Satan. The lie of the enemy is that you can't do it again. That you can't fix things. That you can't, um, you know, make amends for the mistakes that you have made. You can. You can. You can repent. You can turn. You can make amends. You can make restitution. You can make, you know, you can give back. You can, you know. And we see that even with gift of Christ. He's giving us an opportunity to repent, to give back, to give our lives in exchange, you know, and, you know, the Bible is a, is a, a book full of second chances. It's full of second chances, people given second chances. So let's go ahead and look at Genesis chapter four and six for something very notable to pull out of that. And it reads, and the Lord said to Cain, why are you wroth? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. And to you shall be his desire, and you shall rule over him. Now, obviously, that isn't the best um, translation. Uh, It's actually saying that sin will rule over you. That if you don't, you know, um, it's basically saying that sin lies at the door. And it it wants to rule over you. So it's kind of saying it's crouching at the door waiting for you. Um, He says if you don't do well. He's saying you will be accepted if you do well. But if you don't, if you decide you don't want to do what is the right thing to do, sin lies at the door. And, you know, it's crouching there waiting to get you. So here's the question we have to ask about the scripture, specifically Genesis 4 and 7. So why didn't Cain just go and present another offering you know why didn't he do it and you know when I sat and I read this again I really began to wonder did Cain really kill Abel because he had a more excellent sacrifice was the reason that Cain killed Abel because he was jealous or he looked and saw that you know Abel had offered a more excellent sacrifice you know but you know I'm beginning to think God told Cain to do better in giving a sacrifice, and he didn't. God was saying that he was allowing sin to master him. And that led to him one day killing Abel. Because it's not completely clear that after God said, I don't accept this, he ran off and he killed his brother. It's not entirely clear. If you go ahead and read that scripture, it's not exactly saying he killed him because of that. It just says that in the balance of time, one day he's out in the field and he's talking to his brother Abel and he kills him you know so we have 
have to really think about that, you know, um, I think it's important to really stop and ask ourselves some questions about the text. Maybe what's actually being said is that one infraction led to a greater one. The unwillingness to change or to repent was actually the key. So in essence, it's kind of like maybe he was saying to Cain, if you won't do this, then something worse is coming. You're, you're, you're going to do something worse. And, you know, it's almost as though one infraction led to a greater one. And if you are walking, you're trying to get to a specific destination, and I'll just give this an example, that if you're walking and you're trying to get to a specific destination, and you need to be along the road, and I tell you that your destination is, in, is actually in the opposite direction, what would you do? What would you do? Now, I thought about this, because that's essentially what happened with Cain and with the Lord. So Cain is going in one direction by offering these uh, fruits of the ground. And then God comes along and says, you know what? This isn't the way. The way is actually that way. So in essence, if you meet me along the road and tell you the destination that you really want to go in is in the opposite direction, what do you do? If you don't turn back, then there's two things that begin to become clear. If I'm telling you specifically that the way to get to your destination is in the opposite direction, there's only two things that become clear if you do not heed what I've said. One, you don't want to get to that destination, that's not your intent. And then two, you think you can get there a different way. So when Cain did not go back and make a more excellent sacrifice, it told us two very specific things very specific things. One, it told us he did not want to make a more excellent sacrifice. And two, maybe he thought he could make one a different way. He could do it his way. You know, in the case, in, in both cases, you know, the, the, the example that I made of us walking along the road and then when we look at, you know, Cain and Abel, we can rule out number two. Because we can assume that after having a conversation with God, he knew that the only way to go was to offer a blood sacrifice. So we can rule out number two. We could assume, you know, maybe maybe he thought he could make a different kind of sacrifice that would please the Lord. But the Lord told him, no, you can't. This isn't it. This is what I want. But he didn't do it. So if he already knows what the answer is, chooses not to do it, then it's not that he thought he could make a different way, it's that he didn't want to make a more excellent sacrifice. So we can realize that when a man's relationship isn't right with God, he can begin to build dangerously in other relationships. He can begin to build dangerously in other um, contacts and in other contexts. He can begin to do things differently. God has been speaking to men from the beginning of time. The truth is, men just stop listening to him. Just like Cain. They stop heeding his word. They began to do it their own way. You know, God never stopped speaking. He always told people what they needed to do. He always provided signs and food and all kinds of ways to reach out to mankind. But 
is that mankind stopped listening to God. And they began to do it their way. They stopped reading his word. And let's go ahead to 1 Samuel chapter 15, 23. I think this is a powerful scripture and I used it in another Bible study because it has so many contact points and you can you know listen to that Bible study coming up I think it'll be coming out tomorrow um, and um, it's it's called um, Big Dreams uh, Little Gods and Big Dreams so check that out when it comes out tomorrow but let's go ahead and read in 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 23 it says for rebellion sin and witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord he has also rejected you from being king and so if you remember uh, this is actually pertaining to uh, Samuel speaking to Saul and telling him that the Lord has rejected him from being king so to not do the will of God is rebellion stubborn and sinful is idolatry to have another god stubbornness is to me to have it our own way it's our will it's our idol we see that even stubbornness can be an idol you know um, the hebrew word is pastor which is to push or to urge it's also arrogance to have one's own will and refuse to move god wants us like clay on the potter's wheel wants us pliant and moldable if you think about that you know story of the clay on the potter's wheel and how it was marred in the hand of the potter and we just made it again another a vessel that is what god wants us to be and we have to remember that the word rebellion in hebrew also means bitterness do you know someone who's bitter maybe something has happened that's made you bitter to rebel is to be bitter against the Lord or his way. And that the word witchcraft comes from the word domination, um, which is to decide or to make a decision. It is, it is a decision or knowledge formed outside of God's will. Remember, Cain had two choices, to provide a sacrifice as God wanted it or to come to his own decision outside of the will of God. And just as with the traveler that we made in our example who does not heed the map or directions, he really has determined to go in his own way. Here we see how stubbornness plays into it. And even wickedness, according to scripture, can be like an idol. It can be addictive. It becomes something worshipped when it is turned, when we are turned from God. And so I want us to really think about the decisions that we make. Think about the decisions that Cain made. His decision started out small. It was it's not listening, not in the big thing, but it's in the little thing. And it was the little things that led to the big thing. And I think that's really what that scripture is saying now. Maybe he did look at his brother and saw that his brother's sacrifice was acceptable and he decided to kill him because he'd done it. Rawr, I'm just so upset and jealous or, or envious of my brother. But it's also possible that in that the scripture, what it's actually showing is that little by little, he was sort of moving away from heeding the word of God and doing what the Lord said. Now think he didn't 
God just told him this. God, and just go ahead. I want to challenge you to read in Genesis. It's really an interesting read. But read in Genesis and see all of the ways. Start at chapter 1. But see all of the ways that God has been speaking to mankind. He's always been talking. This idea that God is encapsulated off in the sky and he's not making contact with mankind is absolutely erroneous. He's been speaking the whole time. It's just that man slowly began to stop hearing, to stop listening. And we see that here with Cain. He had two choices. You know, when you hear God, the thing about hearing God, knowing what his will is, when you look in the Bible and you see what he wants, is that you really do only have two choices. You really only have two. It is either to do it or not. It's a decision that you get to make. Isn't that wonderful? We all get a chance to decide what we'll do so that it can be fully our own uh, decision, fully our own place to say, this is what I will do or what I will not. God didn't force him to go make a better sacrifice. He didn't force pain. He just told him, hey, this is what I want. And if you don't do it, know that sin is, is creeping. It's, it's, it's crouching at the door. It's waiting to get you. And that waiting to get you, it's not something spooky. It's simply saying that little by little we move ourselves further and further away from God when we're not listening to Him in those little things and making decisions that are based on His Word rather than on what we want. And there's nothing wrong with the things that we want. We just have to be sure that it is informed by the Word of God and that we do it in His way. That is why our decisions make a difference. The decisions we make right now, they really do make a difference. It can mean the difference in so many areas of our lives. So I just want to encourage you as you are growing and living and making decisions, remember the Lord is always speaking. His word, his Logos word written in the Bible is always there. And when you read it, it gets in your heart. And the Lord reminds us of those things as we're living our life. Oh no, that's not a good thing to do. Oh no, I should do that. Yes, I should say that. This is the best way to go. We know that in our heart, but sometimes we don't listen because we want our own way. We, we, we have a strong sense of what we want. And I want to encourage you to overcome the stubbornness, overcome the self-will, overcome rebellion, and become pliant like the clay in the hand of the potter so that God can lead you in the way that is right and good blessing for your life it isn't going to always be easy to do what god says and what god wants i mean just read the bible (laughs) that stuff is hard (laughs) it's really hard sometimes but god will give you the grace to do it but it is our choice it is our decision to make just like Cain. so wherever you may be i pray that you are doing well thanks for tuning in god bless for being a part of the one love live love walk bible study i appreciate you but perhaps you've stumbled onto this bible study and you're not yet become a believer i want to encourage you to take the time to accept the lord christ into your life i want you to know that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that the lord jesus is lord that you will be saved If you can go ahead with me, close your eyes and pray. Oh Lord, 
I pray right now that you would forgive me of my sins. I will repent of my sins right now. That is, I will turn away from all the sins that I have done from before until now. And I want to seek to follow you. Lord, open my eyes and my heart to your truth. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I accept the Holy Spirit as the comforter and guide in my life. Continue to lead me. And I thank you so much for hearing my prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you prayed that prayer, then you are now a believer. And I want you to believe in your heart. And if you have a chance, reach out to me and let me know that you receive the Lord. There's ways that you can contact me if you look in the description of this uh, Bible study. And I look forward to hearing from you and helping you on your love walk. Don't forget to sign up for our devotional emails so that you can be encouraged in your faith and grow. God bless you.